Is it June yet? A storied CFL franchise. Riley, he's going to keep it. He hits the five. Hey, Edmonton, that's your quarterback. Mike Riley to the end zone. Touchdown, Eskimo. With a loyal and passionate following. We finally can say we're champions. Bring it back to the seat of champions. This is the show that brings you the stories and personalities of the green and gold. Yeah. This is the Eskimo Show. Now your host, Morley Scott on Eskimos Radio. 630 Chad. Good Sunday afternoon to you all. Thanks again for joining us on the Eskimo Show. We are one week closer to CFL football. In fact, it's less than a month till the preseason is underway. The Eskimos will open things up. June the 11th in Calgary against the Calgary Stampeders, and then they're back at home for their preseason home game. A week later, Saturday, June the 18th, against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. That's a Saturday afternoon game at 2 o'clock. A big week for the Canadian Football League this past week, and that's what where our focus will be on the show this afternoon. First on Tuesday, it was the 2016 CFL Canadian Draft. The Eskimos got a real good player in the first round, but they're going to have to be patient and wait for him. Tavon Smith is his name, a receiver out of Iowa. He has signed a contract with the Indianapolis Colts, so it's a bit of a gamble for the Eskimos, but the uh, risk and reward is high on both ends of this. So we'll talk about Tavon Smith and the entire draft class for the Eskimos in uh, 2016 on the program today. Also this past week, on Thursday, the Canadian Football League unveiled their new look. The Adidas uniforms were released on Thursday. Not much change to the Eskimos uniform. Looks pretty good. Uh, it was a great uniform to start with, so there really wasn't much need for changes to the Eskimo uniform. The biggest change as far as the uniforms go around the league, no doubt the BC Lions, who have kind of changed colors a little bit, or at least color schemes, uh, and uh, have a new logo for their helmet as well. So uh, have a look at those. You can probably head to the websites and check out all the new uh, uh, CFL uniforms that will debut this coming season. All right, let's get to the draft. Uh, the Eskimos with their uh, first pick in round one, the eighth overall pick, and that's the price you pay for being the Grey Cup champion. You have to wait till the end of round one to make your pick. The Eskimos selected a wide receiver by the name of Tavon Smith. He's from Toronto. He's been playing at Iowa for the last four years in the Big Ten League. Six foot two, 200 pounds. In his four-year career at Iowa, he had 102 receptions, but 75 of those came in the last two seasons. Uh, he played 43 games total over the four years, 1,500 yards in receiving, but a game, 1,159 of those in the last two seasons, seven touchdowns in his career as well. Tavon Smith from Toronto uh, went to Iowa for four years, was the Eskimos' first pick, eighth overall in this year's Canadian Football League draft. Let's hear from the general manager, Ed Hervey, about why he likes his first round pick. Tavon Smith is very athletic, has lots of speed, uh, has playmaking ability. Um, he's the number one player on our board and uh, you know, we've talked about it for the last several weeks and you know, last several days, even this morning, uh, and discussing it and feeling that with the depth that we have, you know, we wanted to, you know, did we need the player to be here right away? Did we want the player to come in right away? Um, we, we didn't have a, a need at the offensive line spot, which was, for us was, uh, was a positive. And, you know, we felt like, hey, if we're going to take a chance, let's take a chance on the best player on our board, and what, that was Tavon Smith. What makes him so good? What he I mean, he's very he's fast. He's very fast, has good hands, very athletic. He's explosive, has the ability to make the plays down the field that you like. Um, I mean, he can come. He's one of those players that can come in and he, he change the ratio right away. 
Um, again, there's, there's a slight risk there, you know, going into this. We knew that with any of the futures. But you, you have to take those type of risks in order to be a successful team. And uh, he has that kind of ability. And seeing that he's uh, right now trying out for the NFL, that's the kind of ability that we want here. That's the general manager. Let's head over to the coach now, Jason Moss, Eskimo's new head coach, going into his first season as a head coach in the CFL. Had a role in this draft, and he also really likes what Tavon Smith brings to the table, says his skill set is pretty good. And he's fast, he's athletic, he's got great size, good hands, um, and he'll give us, uh, when, even when he shows up, he'll give us uh, opportunity with our ratio to keep it where we want it. How difficult was it to take a guy you know you're going to have to wait for a bit? Well, I mean, that's that's part of the draft process and not very difficult when he's as highly ranked on your board as, as, as he was. So when he, you know, gets to us, you know, we felt we felt confident that we can wait for him. We have a, a, a good enough team on paper right now that we can wait for a guy like Devon to show up. There's some thoughts from both the coach and the general manager of the Eskimos on Tavon Smith. Hey, why don't we hear from Smith himself now about an hour or so after he was drafted by the Eskimos on uh, Tuesday night. He was on the phone on 6.30 Chet Inside Sports and talking with Reed Wilkins and talking about how happy he was to get drafted in the first round and becoming a member of the Eskimo family. It means a lot. Uh, I know I grew up uh, watching both the NFL and the CFL, and, I, and I've always watched um, Edmonton play. And uh, this is a great opportunity to to be drafted by by um, I think one of the best teams, if not the best team in the CFL. Did you? It sounds like the Eskimos were, were pretty interested in you heading into this. Did did you get that sense that if you were available, they they really wanted you? No, I actually didn't. I, I didn't. Um, I didn't have any idea. And then when I got the call, I was kind of surprised, but I was excited as well. I mean. Um, Edmonton's a great team, and, and I'm, I'm going to be happy to be a part of them. Yeah. Tavon, tell us a little bit about about your abilities a, a, as a player. Tell us what kind of a receiver you are and, and what your strengths are. Uh, I think, I, I think I, I'm a deep threat. I got, I got, I got speed. Um, I, I, I can make the first man miss, and, and, and I can do a lot with the ball. I think uh, I'm an explosive player. I made a lot of uh, explosive plays in college. And um, I, I, I use my speed as my advantage, and I'm, I'm happy to eventually go out there in, in Edmonton and, and be a part of a great offense. Is there a little bit of uh, excitement for you? And I, and I know there are other opportunities for you here that I will ask you about, but the CFL game, Devon, whenever I talk to an American about it and the adjustment, they don't mention the length or width of the field, they don't mention the four downs, they don't mention the depth of the end zone, Everybody, even the linemen, talk about the wide receiver waggle. Are you a guy that if you wound up in the slot here and we're, and we're able to sprint coming to the line and time it with the snap, would that is that tailored to the type of player you are? Yeah, I think I think I can use that to my advantage. Um, I never actually did it before. Even when I was in high school, I, I, I haven't got a chance to, to do that that waggle. So I guess there's a lot of experience, and I mean, once you get good at it, I, I guess you can be a really big threat in the CFL. Tell us a little bit about your uh, your high school career. Where you know where where you played and and uh, when you recognized that maybe you had a chance here to do something special with football. Well, yeah, I went to um, I, I, I went to my ninth grade. I went to Central Tech, and then um, I uh, transferred halfway through the semester and went to Chaminade. They're both both schools are in Toronto. I, I went to Chaminade, and um, I, I played I played went in my tenth grade with the uh, on the varsity team. 
And uh, my coach kind of, Coach Pat Dio Daddy kind of gave me a shot uh, with playing, and, and ever since ever since then I never looked back. And he's uh, given me every opportunity to um, go out in the states. Um, he, he sent a lot of film out, and um, and that's how I ended up uh, out here in uh, taking my postgrad year in Connecticut and played out there for a year, and, and then that's how I ended up at Iowa. So I mean, thanks to my coach, I kind of he kind of um, was my mentor growing up and get and told me I had a shot. So after going to camps and whatnot, it definitely helped me out um, to where I'm at now. Tavon, tell me a little bit about your NFL opportunity with the Colts and, and sort of how you're weighing that right now uh, along with the fact you were just drafted into the CFL. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I, signed my, I signed my deal or my um, free agent contract um, this other day and I went through minicamp and right now I'm just um, – do my best to learn to learn to learn this offense and and, and stick with the team. So uh, I'm I'm only worried about really working hard every single day and um, showing these coaches that I belong here. All right. So uh, are you in? Are you with the Colts right now? Yes, I am. Okay. All right. Well, this is an, an exciting time for you. And uh, have, you, have you taken any passes from Andrew Luck? Oh, not yet. No, oh, not yet. Okay. <laughs> no. Tell me a little bit about the uh, the video that people can f- can find online. Uh, what was it you did? Forty one one handed catches in a minute. What's the story behind this? Um, oh yeah, I mean I, I saw I saw Odell um, doing it with with Drew Brees on 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 TV, and then the next day I, I wanted to try it out, so I ended up uh, actually videotaping it, and I ended up beating the record. So. I didn't know it was going to blow up as much as it did, but I, I told our video guys to go ahead and post it on uh, on Twitter, and they uh, kind of blew up. They tagged um, Odell, and, I mean, Guinness um, was uh, wondering if I was going to apply to put my name in the, in, in the record books, but I decided not to. I was kind of just going to focus on football. Okay. And, Tavon, tell me a little bit about a uh, – it doesn't have to be a receiver, a, a football player or two that that, uh, that you've looked up to in your career, whether it's a hero or somebody you think you're trying to emulate or just, just somebody you like watching. You got anybody along those lines? Yeah, I mean, when I was in, when I was in high school, um, I, I had a chance to go to NFL Canada and meet um, Jerry Rice, and, and that was – that was a highlight of, of my football uh, career, meeting me in the Hall of Famer and and and, and getting to, to pick his brain, and uh, that kind of that kind of uh, stands out in my life. Uh, I think about that stuff every day and what what he what he always talked about, and, and I watch I watch all the film about him, and and I um I try to learn from from the best. So I mean that that was one of the highlights of my life when it comes to football. That's receiver Tavon Smith talking with Reed Wilkins earlier this week on 630 Chet Inside Sports. Smith taken in the first round, eighth overall by the Eskimos in the 2016 Canadian CFL Draft. Still to come on the show this afternoon, we'll hear more, an extensive interview with uh, Eskimos general manager Ed Hervey. We'll run over all of the draft picks that the Eskimos had in Tuesday night's draft. We'll also hear more from Eskimos head coach Jason Moss as we move along. We'll also focus a bit, too, on uh, the new uniforms and the new look the CFL has as the Eskimos and the Canadian Football League kind of kicked off the 2016 season uh, with news conferences right across the country on Thursday. More on that. Uh, But next, we'll hear from Eskimo General Manager and Vice President of Football Operations, Ed Hervey. My name's Morley Scott. You're listening to The Eskimo Show on 630 Chet. This is The Eskimo Show with Morley Scott on Eskimos Radio, 630 Chet. 
Just a reminder, coming up at 5 o'clock this afternoon, the Sheets Show with host Chris Sheets. And then at 6 tonight, we will have Game 1 of the NHL's Western Conference Final coming to you from St. Louis. That's at 6 o'clock tonight. Right now, though, it's the Eskimo Show, and we're concentrating uh, on the Eskimos' uh, draft core from this year. Tuesday was the CFL Canadian Draft. The Eskimos took six players, including a couple of guys at the top of the draft, who have NFL contracts. To explain a little bit about why he felt he could do that, Eskimo's general manager and vice president of football operations joins us next. You're listening to The Eskimo Show on Eskimos Radio, 630 Chad. Ed, I guess the first thing that jumps out at you is your first two picks from the draft is you're going to have to be patient because they both got NFL aspirations and NFL contracts right now. Uh, we'll talk about them individually in a second, but uh, kind of your collective thoughts, I guess it's just a big compliment to the depth that you feel you have right now that you can take talented guys and wait for them. Yeah, I think that that was our you know, objective several years ago was to, was to get to this point to where you know you can select um, based on um, ranking and ability uh, rather than always having to go with a need, always looking at, you know, we need a guy here. And, 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 and again, not to say that if there wasn't a player there that met the needs, we wouldn't have taken him. The, the reality is, is that with the number eight pick overall, we wanted to have an impact guy and a guy that could come in whenever he showed up and, and be a guy that could effectively change the ratio. And um, it, although it's a, a bit of a risk, we felt that, you know, Tavon Smith was the, was the guy for us at that number one spot. You took Tavon Smith, uh, eighth overall, six foot, 205 pounds out of Iowa, signed with the Colts. Tell me a little bit about him and his skill set and his skill level. I guess first and foremost, it's speed. Yeah, I mean, he's got a lot of speed, uh, you know, has uh, really good hands. Um, ability to get open. He's uh, he can run after the catch. Uh, he gets get great separation. Um, and he was a guy. He was a productive receiver at Iowa. He wasn't um, a receiver that just kind of was there, uh, played sparingly. He was actually one of their starting receivers. Played a significant role within the offense. And um, you know him getting an opportunity uh, with the Colts. I mean that's that's part of it. But um, you know we're not betting that he won't make it. But we're betting that we got ourselves a good player if when and if he eventually comes to Edmonton. In the second round, you took defensive back Arjun Colhoun from Michigan State, signed with Dallas. A little bit about him. Um, very physical uh, defensive back, um, has the ability. Again, another guy who started at Michigan State, um, a great program. Um, we've had opportunity to see plenty of him over the last season. Um, you know, just we believe that he can play a couple of positions, uh, whether it's a cornerback position here or as well as, you know, seeing a, the, the safety position. Uh, we believe that even if he played safety, that he has the ability to cover on the back end, there, back there, uh, cover receiver. So, you know, his versatility was intriguing to us. His athleticism was intriguing to us. And again, um, you know, being in the position we were in at 17, there was a player that we looked at and we thought would be there too for us. We went through a little bit of a discussion over it, and we felt good about the the the, the, the selection with uh, Arjun. All right, uh, you didn't have picks in the third and fourth rounds. Just quickly, give me your thoughts, and I'll, I'll give you the guys' names as you went the rest of the way. Uh, defensive back Josh Woodman. Uh, long and athletic. We uh, you know we want some depth back there in the defensive backfield, and uh, we know he can he can run, and and he's got some size, and uh, you know he gets the opportunity to come in and compete. Receiver Doug Corby. Doug Corby has uh, you know very he's a, he has speed. 
He's very smooth receiver, very, you know, sneaky speed, very has a good athleticism and, uh, you know, really good hands. And we believe that uh, he can come in and provide some depth at a position that we're, you know, looking and exploring, uh, changing the ratio at. A very familiar name to Eskimo fans, Doug Parrish, a linebacker whose father, Doug Parrish, was also an Eskimo. Doug is a very active player, um, you know, physical, will get after you. Um, we see him as a guy that can come down and strike and, you know, play for all four teams uh, on special teams. And, you know, just given the opportunity, we want to see what he looks like when he gets around the, uh, you know, the professional level. And the very last player taken in the draft in the eighth round, DJ Lalama, a linebacker out of Manitoba. DJ Lalama is a very solid player as well, very active. We were surprised that he was actually on the board this long. Um, just, you know, and that always happens, right? You're, you're, we're all, the team that drafts him is usually surprised that the player's there. But, uh, you know, he's a very good player, very instinctual. Um, you know, he tackles well, he runs down the field pretty well. And we believe that he's another one, again, adding depth to a position that we want to provide on the defensive side of the ball, as well as uh, special teams giving ourselves uh, a little bit more physicality on that side and add to the depth of uh, Konar and Smith from last year. Uh, was there much talk amongst the other GMs with the involving trades? And all? I'm sure you were probably trying to maybe get a third and a fourth round pick. The first pick overall was apparently in play. Did you do much talking about trades? No, I didn't. I, we were quite comfortable with where we were. There was a couple of uh, calls that came during the draft, but I mean, we we weren't going to move. We we felt pretty comfortable, and and I, I didn't see the the need to move. We weren't going to. There wasn't much of a gain for us to to move in this draft. Um, just seeing the players that we had an opportunity to get on the front end, as well as uh, the the targets that we had on the on the back end of the draft. Um, you know, I didn't. I wasn't overly interested. I, I mean, I heard some, you know, some of it, but it, it just wasn't enough for us to to take that that leap of faith and and move and move out of position where we were going to select our players. Uh, when you took this job, I know one of your first priorities that you talked about was rebuilding the offensive line and getting the offensive line to a spot where it can consistently protect the quarterback. You didn't draft an alignment today. Does that mean uh, you're pretty happy with where you are with your offensive line? Uh, I, I will say that we have the depth that we, we want. I think last seat, last year during, this, during the draft when we discussed uh, our, our reasoning for drafting Danny Grew and, and Beard, was um, you know we needed depth at that area. I mean we were you know we had some aging guys, some veteran guys that we knew that were going to be hanging it up, hanging it up, and also we remember uh, Simeon Rotier was out with the uh, injury. He was going to be out for an extended period of time. Matt O'Donnell was in the NFL exploring his options with the Bengals, and um, you know we were pretty much you know in a situation where we had the draft. But na and then last year happened, we got the two young guys and then making the trade with uh, with Winnipeg to get Christopher Greaves in here. I think that was the the selection that allowed us to um, realize that we don't need to select an offensive lineman this year. Now, if a good one was there, we would have talked about it, but I wanted, to be, I would, I wanted this organization and our, our, our football team to be in a position where we were not in a position to have to draft an offensive line, but look at the board for the best player available and be able to make that selection. And you know, we were able to do that today. You're just over two weeks to training camp. Wow, what's left for you to do? Get the draft picks under contract. Um, and then we obviously have the, um, you know, the ring ceremony coming up in a couple weeks. We want to get that done and get that over with and do that in style with the, with the guys and you know, just kind of close the book officially on last year. And then you know, hit training camp 
with the with an intent to go out here and be very competitive and 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 give our fans an opportunity to see what uh, the 2016 version of the Edmonton Eskimos look like, and then go out there and play with a level of consistency that we've come to uh, to enjoy and, and keep the keep the momentum going. Will we see much movement in the roster between now and camp? Uh, I think you'll see a couple of a couple of moves here and there. Um, not nothing major. But, you know, we have a couple of guys that we were waiting on that we've signed. Uh, we have some rookies that we have to make some room for. And, um, you know, but for the most part, I think we made the majority of our moves prior to the, the cut down. Um, next couple days, you may see one or two, but nothing too significant. And thanks for this. Appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. Next up, it's a trip to the newsroom and then more as we roll along with Eskimos head coach Jason Moss coming up next on the Eskimo Show on 630 Chad. You're listening to the Eskimo Show on Eskimos Radio, 630 Chad. Hey, just a reminder, coming up at 6 o'clock tonight, we'll have game one of the Stanley Cup Western Conference final. That'll come to you from St. Louis. Uh, the entire Western Conference and Eastern Conference finals will be heard here on 630 Chad. We'll have Eskimo football on 630 Chad on June the 11th, first preseason game. The Eskimos in Calgary to play the Stampeders. Training camp, of course, opens up at the end of this month on May the 29th. This past week at the Canadian Football League, it was the CFL draft. Before the break, we heard from Eskimos general manager and VP of football operations, Ed Hervey, his take on the draft. Uh, let's now head to the head coach, Jason Moss, who took part in a CFL draft for the first time as a head coach. The, the process today is the kind of the final pieces. This is the exciting part of the, the whole draft is finally having to come to culmination. A uh, long, uh, arduous uh, process uh, for Rob Ralph and Ed Hervey and, you know, us and our coaches to be involved with it. Um, you know, it's a it's long, long deal, but uh, it's you see the fruit of your labor on a day like today and draft some kids that you know can come in and compete for jobs, and that's what you want to see. You've had this job since December. How involved have you been in, in involved in the scouting? Is the season obviously pretty much over by the time you got here. Uh, how much video have you watched on all these guys, and what's your input been like? Well, I've, I've watched video on all of them um, that we had our eyes on, and uh, you know, obviously I had the opportunity to do the regional combine here with our coaches, and then go to the, the national combine and watch everyone there compete um, and then you know you kind of come up with your draft list and rank guys and then you watch them and re-rank them so uh, that's kind of how the process went for us and you know you're you're involved with it as much as you can be I mean there's a lot of other things we have to be doing to prepare for our season this is just one part of it uh, an integral part of it but uh, it is just one one part of what we do you're going to have to be patient through your first two picks both have signed NFL contracts Tavon Smith and uh, Arjun Colhoun, I believe is how you say it. Uh, that's maybe the toughest thing, drafting them, and now you have to sit back and let them try and uh, do their NFL thing. Yeah, you're always hoping that you, you know, wishing them the best of luck, but also hoping hoping that you do see them sooner rather than later, because uh, we both, I think we all in our organization feel like both of them can come right in and help us. But uh, if we we are in a position to wait, and that's why we drafted those guys in those positions. They were high on our board, and they fell to us, we felt like. So, you know, if they do come in, it's an extra bonus. They come in early, and if they don't, then, you know, we feel like we have the, t the guys here that can compete and win without them. Being able to take them with your first two picks obviously shows the confidence you have in your depth. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I know what type of receivers we have here. I know what type of players we have in general here. So, you know, it's just a matter of that those two guys were highly ranked on our board, and when they were in those spots, it's hard to not take them. And, um, you know, when you have the strength of the team that we have, you know, you're in position to do that. You guys had Smith number one on your board. Tell me about him. 
Well, he's he's long, he's rangy, he's fast, he's an athlete. Uh, he catches the ball well. Um, he played in the Big Ten, which is a great conference to play against. So he had great competition his whole career there. Um, you know, he's to me, he's he's a he's what you're looking for in a receiver. So, you know, when we watch him, I'm hoping that it translates up here, being on the line and then being off the line, being able to waggle and use that his athleticism and his speed. It should make him a little bit faster even up here, which is exciting. Uh, another receiver you took, uh, Doug Corby, also has pretty good speed. Yeah, Doug Corby's. I think I don't know if he's the second ring fastest guy in our in the combine and. Um, he's right up there anyways, a four or five guy, and you know you just don't find that speed. That's something you just can't teach. And um, you know, watching him on film, he's smooth. He catches the ball. Um, surprised that he fell to us. I'm very happy that he did because he'll come in right away and be able to run all day and make it life miserable for our DBs. And then he'll have an opportunity to fill a fill a roster spot and, and make our team. So uh, his athleticism and what he can do, uh, we'll be giving him an opportunity to prove that on the field during training camp for us. Always a neat story when you get some Eskimo blood and you did that by uh, drafting a linebacker, Doug Parrish. Yeah, you know, he was born here in Edmonton. Um, solid player, you know, started at Central Jose State and then transferred to Western Oregon. Uh, you know, we watched some film on him um, this last year, and you know, he moves well in space for a Mike linebacker, and um, he he wants to go and hit you. So he's a, he's a physical guy. Uh, I feel like he can come in and provide something for us, and we get a good look at him in training camp, and has an opportunity to to make our club the hard way. Uh, draft is done. You're like two, three weeks away from training camp now. What's left to be done for the coach and his coaching staff? Um, you know, we're winding down. I have got scripting to do for the days of our practices. Uh, playbook's done. Um, all the scheduling's done. It's just really just finding this, the plays we want to install every single day. Um, but uh, pretty much just now just the rest mode because once May 23rd starts for the coaches, we're going to be full bore until our first bye week. And then after that, it's 14 straight weeks of a long, arduous season. All right, Jason, thanks. I appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate it. That's Eskimo head coach Jason Moss. When we return, a little bit more on the new uniforms. Plus, we'll hear some of the exciting plans the Eskimos have for the 2016 CFL season. My name's Morley Scott. You're listening to The Eskimo Show on 630 Channel. This is The Eskimo Show with Morley Scott on Eskimos Radio, 630 Channel. Welcome back to the Eskimo Show. We're going to use the Eskimo Show time machine right now and head back to Thursday. And uh, the Eskimos unveiled some pretty exciting new uh, things for this coming season. I'm joined now by uh, CEO and President Len Rhodes. And first thing I say, Len, is wow. I mean, you've been busy this offseason. I'm glad to hear the wow because when you say wow, I know fans are going to say wow as well. There's so many things. Uh, we're investing $3 million in capital projects alone again this year and so much more. And uh, it's not just one initiative. A lot of people thought, well, we're unveiling new uniform and that's where it's going to be for 2016. We are doing things inside the stadium, outside the stadium, game day experience driven and bringing sociability back into the stadium. All right, uh, the, the uniform has been unveiled. It's on sale now so you can get that uh, on the website and in the stores. Let's talk about when you get to the game, uh, June 18th. You're going to see a different looking Commonwealth Stadium. First and foremost, there's going to be a new LED ring between the first and second levels. That's right. So where fans uh, historically saw the Wall of Honor, we're bringing the third great heroes of yesteryear down to field level. It's going to be the same structure, a very, very permanent basis on field level so our players of today can connect even closer. In that space, we're putting an LED ring. 
It is 600 feet long on each side. You're talking 1,200 feet of electronic LED, and it's going to help enhance the game day experience and uh, bring things to life. Imagine that winning touchdown when Mike Riley throws that pass to Adarius Bowman, and we can use that LED to celebrate, celebrate, celebrate. Uh, also, a tool, obviously, entertainment-wise uh, and revenue side, I'm sure, too, right? Yeah, it's a, yes. On the sponsorship side, of course, it's a mix of game day and revenue coming from sponsorship. Our, uh, our partners asked for it. This is something that most uh, North American stadiums, the new ones anyway, have these features. And we can't leave ourselves back in 1978. This structure is so great in terms of a stadium, but we've got to bring newness, features, and especially digital technology to our stadium. And uh, the Wall of Honours, you mentioned, moves down uh, to field level, but it also looks like it's going out in the concourse, too. We're uh, bringing 30 banners. Those are 8 feet by 16 feet high, and all 30 uh, players that are on the Wall of Honour will also be featured in the concourse. It brings uh, respect the moment the fans walk in, glance at our history, and it brings it brings up the whole concourse as well. All right, now there's a lot of things going on with the schedule, musical guests, everything. Give me your highlights. Give me a couple of minutes worth of your highlights and what people can expect. I guess starting with that first preseason game, which is going to be a pretty big deal, especially if you like pork. Ah, oh, Porkapalooza. 40,000 people are expected over the course of three days. And when we have our preseason game, we're having our game right in the middle of this festival. So uh, there's a concert series as well with Porkapalooza. All the proceeds will now be going to supporting the fire rebuild for. Fort McMurray. That is amazing. Gord Bamford, one of the acts, will be playing at halftime at our game. So this could be the largest pre-game we've ever had in our history, and you combine that with Saskatchewan in the house, it's incredible. We've partnered with Rockfest. We're going to have 5440, great Canadian band coming in at halftime for another game. And then the one that a lot of the younger fans have asked us for, Flo Rida. We've invested significant dollars there, and Flo Rida will be performing at halftime. And you know, this is a quality of equivalent to Grey Cup. So we're spending, we're investing all the monies that we make to put back into this business so that our fans feel proud when they come to the stadium. Lots to soak in here, so if you want to get check out the acts and the dates and everything, head to the Eskimos website because I'm sure all the details are there for you to have a look at. Uh, go back, Lynn. Uh, you arrived four years ago, I think it is. Uh, this building has changed so much since your arrival and since you took over as president. Some of it was in the works when you got here, but you've carried on that, and uh, I mean, from, say, 2010, 2011, uh, this building, completely different look. You know, when I arrived in 2011, Morley, I looked at it and I had fresh eyes. It's almost a syndrome like when you live in your own house, you don't see the mess sometimes or the things that get outdated, and your real estate agent will say you need a facelift or visitors come. It was the same here. When I came in, there were some things that were obvious to me in terms of a need for upgrades. However, we have limited resources. We can allocate so much in a year, but I've gotten the backing of the Board of Directors directors to really say, if you can bring in extra revenue, we're allowing you to reinvest back into the stadium. One that I'm really proud of coming this, uh, this year is a party deck in the north end zone. In two sections, FF and NN, it's going to be a stand-up social bar. You can go and stand there. There's no seats. We're removing the seats. It's a place where people can have sociability, be with your best friends, uh, have a beer with them and just celebrate. And younger fans especially, the teens and the young adults have asked us to have more areas where they can stand up and interact with their friends. Uh, more and more outings become not only social outings here, but social media outings as well. And I know you've done a lot to improve that with the Wi-Fi over the last year, but I guess that that's the whole thing is just don't come to the game. Come to the game and talk and share. Yeah, you know, we want to interact with fans, but how could we 
do that when we didn't have Wi-Fi Commonwealth Stadium? Yes, there was a big price tag, $2.1 million. We shared it with TELUS. It's the best single investment we could have made outside of football. Our fans want to engage. Fans today don't just come, sit down and watch a game. They're interacting with their favorite players, their team in real time, and that allows us to give them the tools so they can have fun and engage in ways that you could never even imagine just 10 years ago. Uh, you threw so much stuff at us that I'm having trouble remembering what we need to talk about here. A new app, the app has been out for a year and a bit. Yeah. Uh, it's going to get upgraded this year. Yeah, June 1st is a new launch of our app, and what's exciting is we've already embedded what's called beacons throughout the stadium, and once the fans download the app onto their phones and they walk within the stadium and they uh, agree to opt into certain features, we're going to have exclusive offers, unique promotions geared right to them. So when you walk through a certain zone of the stadium, you will be notified of something that should be of interest to you that you think you'll want to capitalize on as well. Uh, so technology is a wonderful thing. Eh? You can do so much with it nowadays. It's, oh, it's just incredible in terms of and then the applications of it. So it's hard to keep up. But it's exciting. Uh, no one should fear technology. Let's embrace it. And that's what young people want. And all of us, we've been shifted culturally by what technology brings to the table, things that we would never have imagined. The new uniforms, as we talked about earlier, unveiled today. Uh, when we look at the Eskimo uh, jersey, not a lot of change. And it sounds like that was by design. Well, absolutely. Our fans will not allow us to stray too far from tradition when it comes to the uniform. We can do a lot in the innovation side and the materials of the uh, jersey, but the look and the uh, design of it cannot change too much. It's evolution. Our fans tell us. They actually warn us not to go too far, and we stay true to it. And if the, I'd rather people say, wow, uh, it's a softer change than I expected, than us going too far and people saying this is not the Edmonton Eskimos. We, we're here since 49. We have a proud tradition, a proud history, and there's certain things that you don't change. The uniform is one of them. Uh, what am I missing? Anything? What's coming to mind? Anything that I've forgotten to talk yeah, about? We're missing 40,000 fans. There and you go. Uh, I want fans in this building because you know you can buy all the technology you want. Nothing matches the spirit, the uh, the party atmosphere when fans fill the house. And when I walk around the stadium an hour before each game, every season, every game, I talk to the fans and that's what brings the excitement to me. So fans, we're inviting you to 2016. Give us another try or tries for the first time. Where are season ticket sales at? We're at par with last year. I'd love it to see it even accelerate. And I think with these initiatives, we're going to get a lot more people excited. Uh, so it's good things. But I want to go from the old adage of good to great. Let's let's bring pride to Edmonton. Let's bring pride to our community-owned team, your team. 40,000 plus is really the goal going forward. I know one thing we forgot to talk about, uh, the restaurant, the sports bar. Tell oh, me about that. That's a good one. So I used to work for Molson Coors. And two years ago, I got a call asking if I'd be interested to talk about a new concept. Long story short, we're bringing the Eskimo Sports Bar to the Edmonton International Airport. We're, uh, we're targeting September 1st to get that in go. It's uh, bringing our brand and the Eskimos into the airport. It's gonna be on the domestic side once you pass the screening on uh, the departures end of things. And you're gonna be able to have your favorite drink, your favorite food while capturing those best sporting moments. Uh, this is, I guess, something a lot of teams are doing. I know uh, uh, Toronto, they have their own bar. I know the Calgary Flames have their own bar. It's just something, it's just another avenue to get your fans involved. Yeah, our fans, uh, you want, you know, you only get to visit us 10 times a year at home at Commonwealth Stadium. We want to have that interaction, that relationship with our fans 365 days a year. 
Another great initiative is a legacy book that will be coming out in October. We're going to launch it in June and people will be able to reserve their books. Terry Jones wrote this book. This is a legacy book going back to 1949 about the history of our club. But it's more than a book. I can't even do it justice by describing it. It is a, a gift box with a coffee book inside that will take you through the history. And anyone who loves the Eskimos will want to have one of those books. All right, uh, last one for you. Uh, off season's over. It's uh, we're, we're going to stop talking about all this stuff now, and uh, imagine everybody's looking forward to just talking about football again. Uh, let's get it on. Uh, now I, I want all the players back in the building, the coaches back full time. When I look out my office, I want to see the practices going. We have grow, great momentum uh, from last year, obviously as the Grey Cup champions, but we got to earn it again. And uh, this building without our fans, without our players, is only a building. It comes to life when the people are here. The night before training camp starts, I know you're having a special ceremony for your players and your staff uh, with the rings. Uh, I know it's going to be a little top secret. What can you tell the fans about how you're going to treat that night? That is done uh, with white gloves. Um, the players that won, you know, it's the players that won the Grey Cup. And uh, it's going to be an honor to see them receive their rings. It's going to be an honor to have my ring. But what it does, it ring, brings back the memories of being in Winnipeg, beating Ottawa in that Grey Cup game, and having some uh, controversies that week. But we won it, we brought it home, we want to do it again. For some of us, we'll have memories of being tackled by Nate Kuhorn too. <laughs> yeah, still hurts and I love it. That's, that's the kind of pain I love. Uh, Len Rhodes, congratulations on putting this all together because I'm sure it was a massive undertaking. Uh, thanks for your time today. Our staff have done a wonderful job and thanks for your support, Morley. That was Eskimos president and CEO Len Rhodes at the Eskimos 2016 launch. Man, lots of things going on. Uh, the New Jerseys came out this week. Uh, they look pretty good for the most part. Around here, when we want to talk fashion, there's only one guy we talk to about fashion, and that's Reed Wilkins. Hey, Reed. Wow. You got low standards for fashion commentary, Morley. Well, you are one of the uh, most natally attired <laughs> evening sportsmen in this building. Uh, yes, that would be true, given I'm the only one that usually is here after six. But those Def Leppard t-shirts are pretty sharp. <laughs> I know you are a traditionalist of sorts. You've been an Eskimo fan for a long time. You've seen some changes in the uniform over the years. Give me your thoughts on, on this change this time around. Well, I'm, I'm glad that the, the basics are, 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 are still there. I, I think on the home jersey, you kind of have to look to notice the changes. And that's on the sleeve. For me, I think I probably like the previous striping a little better than the, the two bars they have now, but it's, it's such a minor change. I mean, you, you look at the jersey and it looks the same. The home outfit to me is is pretty much the same, except for that minor detail on the sleeve. On the road, they've gotten rid of the green that was on the shoulders for the last few years. So, you know, we, we're kind of look this, the very top kind of look the same as the home jersey. They've gone back to just more your traditional all-white home jersey. And I think I like that look better. And they're also going to be wearing gold pants all the time. No more green pants on the road and no more green helmets on the road. The Eskimos are once again a one-helmet team except for the, the signature jerseys with the giant E, with the big e. The, which is like a, with like a third jersey. So I, I kind of like they've gone back to more of a the traditional old school look on, on the road and, and the home look doesn't really change for look me. Look at that. See, that's why we come to you for these things, Reed. The one thing I don't like, I, I think they look sharp. They're, they didn't change much and that's good because they shouldn't change much because they're a pretty good uniform to start with, but uh, no numbers on the shoulders anymore. 
or on the sleeves. Play-by-play guys, what are you going to do? I know it's going to be. There's four teams that don't have it now in the new in the new look. So overall, quickly tell me what you think of the other teams. Have you had a chance to look at them? Yeah, I, I was. The, the The one thing I really like is the large numbers on the back of the Hamilton Tiger Cat helmets. That looks cool. I, I think that looks awesome, and I think. The new BC Lions uniforms are an absolute mess. I I think they are horrific. I'm glad they stayed with an orange shirt instead of going to black like they had for a long time. But I just liked the the clean look that they had, the burnt orange top, the white pants, and and the white helmet. I think the – I like lighter colored helmets better in in general, so I don't like what the Lions did. All right. uh, That's it, Reed. Thanks for coming. We won't hear Reed for a while because we got hockey every night uh, this week coming up on 630 Chid. So Reed will will disappear for a while and – uh, I don't know what he'll do, but he'll do something and be back eventually when there's uh, when there's uh, a day off for hockey. Thanks for uh, joining me for a couple of minutes, Reed. Appreciate it. That's it for me. Dave Campbell's in charge of the show one week from today. Uh, I'll be back for uh, the next show after that, which will be the opening day of training camp. We are that close. Indeed, that's it. Uh, I'm Morley Scott. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll talk more football in seven days' time.